Yeah, yeah. People say, oh, I never see you smile. I never see you. And, and uh, until they see this clip, I said, well, if you win the Olympics and I'm, I will smile, absolutely. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode of What Makes You Think, the show that flips the traditional interview format, showing you a unique and often funny side to some of your favorite figures in sports and entertainment. But don't worry, we get to some real stuff, too. My name is Nicole Langevin, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing four-time Olympic head coach and American Ninja Warrior star who made his debut at the age of 56, ladies and gentlemen, Miles Avery. Welcome to the show, Miles. I'm so happy to see you again. It's been about a year, right? I think since we saw each other it's, last. Yeah, it's been a year. We came down to Asheville at our gym. We appreciated that. Some of our girls still wear their Leos proudly. Oh, nice, nice. I have to say it's a little intimidating to be coaching, uh, you know, with you right there with what you've done in your life and the knowledge that you have. It's a little intimidating, I have to say, to be coaching next to you. Um, so I'm, I'm glad. I will hope not. I'm just, you know, I just, I, I love learning. Um, and it's it, it just, hey, I can always learn it. You never know who you're going to learn from. Even, you know, in a gym, owning a gym, you, you, Hey, wow, that's a good drill. Some rec coach set up and I can use that yeah. with the optionals. And so you never know where learning is going to come from. So just keep your mind open, heart open. And hey. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. One of the things I heard, uh, it, was, it was put so simply, but it was once you think you have nothing left to learn, you won't. Mm. And it's just maybe. Yep. That's yeah. it. Yeah. If you, you're not open to it, then you're done. And that's not a. That's not a good place to be, especially when it comes to teaching. So, Miles, one of the things I like to do on the show is warm up my guests in a different type of way. Now, have you had a chance to listen to any of the episodes? I have. I, I, I heard, well, most of Blaine's and, and Justin's. Okay, great. So, and Blaine had some really nice things to say about you, so I'm glad you got to hear that. And uh, Justin won. He set the bar pretty high say, <laughs> in terms of improv. So I want to take the, take the stress off of you and let you know I'm not going to do a fake job interview. Okay. People tend to be <laughs> nervous about that one. So I'm not going to be doing that. But what I am going to do is play a little game called Who Said It? Now, said it? I right. was very fortunate to be able to connect with some wonderful people that you have worked with in your career. And they provided me with some quotes. I want to see if just by reading the uh -oh. quotes, you can tell me who said it. <laughs> All right. I right. still love whoever you are if I don't guess it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first one is, I gave Coach Miles one of the hardest high fives after this P-bar routine in 2003. It oh, was one of the see. most exciting days I've ever experienced. Oh, you know, when you're doing something for 30, 40 years, sometimes it all kinds of blends in. So, ah, man, uh, 2003. Can't you give me any hints? I can give uh, you to, a hint. I mean, he's American Cup all-around champion. He, he's a P-bars guy. Uh, Jason. <laughs> but a, obviously a pretty strong guy. Yep. All right. The next one is, so I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a time frame here. This is uh, the following quad. So I believe this is a, this is an 08 guy. Uh-huh. Miles had such a calm and composed demeanor and it was exactly what I needed when the judges were taking 10 minutes to judge the routine before me at the biggest competition of my life. Uh, I remember on high bar after Alexi had gone on, on high bar, 
Mm-hmm. And then Paul had to go and it was forever. And the, they start catcalling and things like that. And then, and then, and then he had, he, he went up on high bar. It's not Paul. Um, so he was on the team with, with Raj. That's 08, right? That's 08. Yep. So um, I remember that high bar now and, uh, you know, and it was taking so long. And I said, I got to get this guy off the podium because I don't know what he's going to do. And he's getting a little nervous. So let me pull him down off the podium. But that would have been just in spring. That was just in spring. Ding, ding, ding. Good one. All right. All right. Here's one. I'm just going to read it as is. Where's my planche? That's an 08 guy. With Raj Bobsar. Yes, sir. Raj Bobsar. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, one of my longest guys and one of my, my favorite guys. I just, just recently saw him, so it was good to, to catch up with him as well. But, uh, oh, nice. Yeah, Raj is a, a great guy. All right. Here we go. This is this is an interesting one. From memory, I can recite the routines of every male Olympic all-around champion from 1976 to 2016 and follow it up with a karaoke of my song off Tupac's All Eyes on Me album. Only one guy is that talented and that smart, and that has to be Michael Canales. That is Michael Doctor, Canales. <laughs> Dr. Michael Canales, that is. Yes. Only one guy could do that and, and, and rap right along as he does it as well. He's, a, he's amazing. He really is. He, uh, he gave me that quote in between surgeries the other day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very talented, very talented. This is my favorite one. And now this is not from, this is not from an athlete that you coached. He said, he is my greatest success story. Oh, uh, and I, I've heard him say that before, um, but Fred Turoff, um, certainly close to my heart that, um, that, that he, I hear him when he, when he says that, that just some guy walked in the gym and started doing gymnastics and had uh, almost no experience at all, uh, you know, and, uh, and voila, you know, and uh, made the U.S. national team, went on to, to, to be a good coach and, and, uh, what a very good friend Fred has been throughout the years. He's uh, he could not speak highly enough of you. And that's, that's kind of the, the trend here is that, you know, usually I like to try to get some dirt on my guests <laughs> and instead I got a, I got a whole bunch of gold. I mean, just, you yeah. are, you are so beloved. And so, yes, that was Fred and keeping in line with Fred, I'm going to give you, it's actually something very similar to what you just said. This person said, this freshman walks into the gym one day looking very suave, asking if he could try gymnastics. He came to practice wearing a <laughs> football jersey. <laughs> I'm so proud that a walk-on athlete would go on to be one of the most successful athletes in Temple history and then go on to be an Olympic coach. Oh, wow. Uh, perhaps uh, Chris Facilio? Yes, it is. Um, Chris Facilio, um, he certainly is the reason, the, the number one reason I'm sitting here right now Um, You know, I changed my major because of how he impacted me as a walk-on freshman and then a redshirt freshman and and learning this sport of gymnastics that I just, wow, Temple has gymnastics. I didn't even know they had gymnastics. That's how not in the loop I was about that sport. You know, I was football, I was track, I was going to do other things. And then, but I was always intrigued by this gymnastics thing. And then I just 
basically walked in the gym and never left. I always wanted to be the first in and last out. And, and Chris certainly was one when, you know, you have those tough times and you want to quit. Oh, this isn't the sport for me. I'll go back to track. I'll go play football. I'll do something else that convinced me that I was going to be good at this sport and I should stick with it. I should go to summer camps with him in the summer and I'm going to come back and, and I'm going to be so much better than some of these other guys that I certainly, as my freshman class, I looked up to state champions and things like that. And these guys were so good. And, and I was so bad and such a beginner. And I, you know, going into college, I, I didn't know how to do circles. I didn't know how to do giants, you know, Why would the you? basic bare beginner gymnastics, you know, I hadn't accomplished yet. And I had to learn all of that at Temple, you know, under Chris and, and, and Fred Turoff. And so they taught me everything in gymnastics. And, you know, I tell people this, I, I was most improved uh, at Temple three years in a row. That's how bad I was. I had a lot to learn. <laughs> <laughs> but did you, did you play around with gymnastics? Like, did you really walk in not being able to do anything or did you have some, some party tricks? Well, I had some party tricks learned in the streets of Philadelphia, inner yep. city kid growing up. You know, everyone tumbles in the street on the concrete and on, on the asphalt. Uh, maybe you have a mattress and that was a luxury, but I think I could do a round off back handstand back tuck. Um, okay. You know, but, you know, I was a junior in college at Temple before I had learned to do a handstand on rings. You know, uh, I had never, ever vaulted, you know, I don't, I maybe had seen it, I don't know, but I had never, ever vaulted before I walked into Temple. Um, So, you know, you you couldn't have gotten more beginner than I was when I, when I got to Temple, and it was uh, just a a crazy wild ride. You know, I did, I did have an introduction to it. I did it for a total of nine months throughout all of high school. So um, my junior high didn't have a team, but that's where I first initially saw gymnastics was in junior high. And then they cut the team and there wasn't a team to join. But that's where I said, wow, that's really, really cool. I saw a guy doing back handsprings. And uh, and so uh, that was just so cool to me. And then they didn't have a team. So I didn't have any other opportunities. Got to high school and I did it for um, just a nine months, kind of in between. Um, yep. uh, football and track and, and my other sports that, that I, I was doing. It was just oh, one that was fascinating because I had an interest, but I didn't really learn anything until I got to Temple. Wow, that is unbelievable. It really is. It's actually, you know, I'm, if I didn't know you and you told me that, I'd go, no, that's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't start then and get where you got to. Amazing. All right, I've got a couple more quotes here. Uh, this one is... This is from an athlete. It says, my most prized possession is my pillow. Someone's reaching really, really deep about. He's a current, current, Mm. current competitor. Mm. And I'm actually interviewing him after you today. I have him at uh, Mm. one o'clock today. Mm. Maybe Uh, not uh. the most consistent, but when he hits, look out. Is Sam? Yep. Uh, Sam McCulloch, you know, obviously tremendous. And, and you're so right. You know, when he puts it all together, he is amazing, truly amazing. And obviously, hopefully at this Olympics is, is that opportunity for him to do that. And truly, truly, you know, because he also is so beloved and, and people, you know, his hearts, the, the people, you know, he tug at those heartstrings in terms of, oh, Sam, let's just 
everyone I think wants him to hit. Yeah. And uh, and I know I so do that. Uh, I really hope this Olympics he just knocks it out of the park and shows the world, you know, what he can do. Yeah. Yeah. Do you what's your approach with athletes similar to Sam, where they've they've clearly got the ability and the talent and the work ethic, but the whether it's a performing under pressure thing or what, when the consistency seems to be the struggle, how do you how do you approach that with athletes? Uh, and, and a lot of times, obviously, if it's your own personal athlete, it's different than if you're just coaching someone um, on a world team or an Olympic team or, or something like that. If it's a long term term thing you have uh, with a personal athlete, you know, then you, 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 you make sure that they have all the resources in terms of the sports psychology they have. And they're going to have uh, certainly in, in me and my staff, a supportive staff, a patient staff to to get them there that you know, it, whatever it is, it's not going to be the end of the world. You, you take a Sam who might might fall at a world championships and uh, he could have medaled, but now, hey, you have a supportive family. You have supportive coaches. So you get those people, you make and create your team of whomever that is for you that is going to help you through this and, and positively get you to the other side and stay with you, not throw you under the bus and say, oh, you know, wow, we could have, we could have done this, we could have done that if, no, somebody that's still gonna, gonna gonna love you and nurture you, and that's the type of coaches that that he has had and um, and he has been around, and so that's why he was able, I think, to to still stay around, you know, under you know the the pressures of oh, I didn't do as well as I could have or I should have, right. but I'm gonna fight and dig in and do even more the next time, and so you know that sports psychology phase of it, obviously USA. Um, provides that for their athletes. Universities provides that for the athlete. That certainly is, is certainly something that that helps a lot of athletes, and it's not something to to shy away from or be embarrassed about. You want to to be our sports psychologist and our Jim. We call her coach. You know, she's just Coach Jessica. She's just another coach to help the athletes, just like I'm doing bars and Monica's doing beam and and who else doing whatever event it's just another coach uh, go talk to coach and and it's just another thing to help your athletes you know with that performance anxiety that they they may have in one way or other at any level right right now that that brings up another question that i had when you are given that role of olympic coach like you said you're you're not necessarily just in charge of your own athletes that you see day to day you are you are given that role as head coach as leader of athletes that are coached by other people so what is that like i mean you did it more than once <laughs> but what is that like um is there ego involved is that something that you have to think about or is it really just a title and and you're all doing it together well you really do you sign on and you are a team coach and um, at, at any one time, you might be asked to, to, to support an athlete that, that isn't yours. You, yes, you have your personal athletes, but you truly sign on to be a team coach. Um, I remember one uh, opportunity at the 2000 Olympics, and, uh, and I was asked to go, uh, can you just go help? And I think it was Morgan at the time uh, with his double pike or something off, off parallel bars. Um, but I'm just a, you know, I figure, oh, okay, I'm a team coach. I'm not just my athlete's coach. And if, and if another coach th thinks I can have, I can help his athlete, it's all about helping everyone as much as you can for the team to be as successful 
as it can. So I think egos kind of drop by the wayside because you are truly a team coach trying to get the team to, you know, on the podium to do the best they, they can. So um, I, I've, I never run into, oh, well, this is my athlete. You can't help my athlete. I'd rather my athlete fall than someone else help him. It's right. just, it just hasn't been that way at all. You know, hey, if you can help my athlete, help him do better. Hey, great. Awesome. Go for it. And that's, that's the, the atmosphere. Yeah. And I think just from the few interactions I've had with you, including this one, I would think that you probably set the tone by just being who you are. You know, you, you are a, seem to be a very confident, but not, uh, not cocky at all. Right. And so when you have that kind of silent confidence, that leadership, it, I think it puts those things at bay that people may, may feel a little like their ego is stepped on or may they, they, they look at you and they go, Nope, I'm not going there. I'm going to, I'm going to rise to where miles is. And that's an amazing quality as a coach and a leader. Do you agree with me? <laughs> and, and I certainly know that the, and, and you speak of the, the calm demeanor. Um, and I do, and you kind of got to stay here. And certainly as, as a, as a leader and someone that, that people look to, yeah, you know, I want the guys to be elated. They do something well, but I'm already thinking at the next event and what we have to get done on there. And so I'm, I'm really trying to stay there. Oh, high bar didn't go as well as it needs to be. Don't drop here. Cause we, we gonna, we got to crush it on floor and we got to get to the next one. And so you're always trying to think a step ahead and you want your athletes to, to kind of get into that groove as well. Well, this is six events we have to do and we can't go too, too high. We can't go too, too low. Cause that is so draining in a, in a long competition, like a world's or an Olympics, when you're, you're out of the stadium, you're out of the arena for an hour and a half and you come back and you got to do some other event. Uh, you can't take it with you. You got to get to the, the, that back, uh, you know, workout area and, and, and get it done for the next, next event. And as a, as a coach, you, you know, you, you want to bring that in, in your athletes, it, you know, that workman, that workman attitude that I, you got to get it done on the next event too. Mm-hmm. That's interesting that he's, it's very wise, you know, saying about that, that's actually draining. It's physically, emotionally, mentally draining <laughs> to do that. So that's very smart. I heard a Kyle Schufelt did an interview the other day and he was, he was actually talking about parenting, but I thought it was, it, it's really in line with what you're saying. And he was talking about how when you're on an airplane, when the pilot gets on, if the pilot says, oh my gosh, I don't know what's going on. Everybody just hope, relax, relax, relax. I'm going to fix it that doesn't, it <laughs> doesn't bode well to creating a sense of calm, you know, in the cabin. And I just thought that that was a, a great reference for parenting in general, but also with coaching when you, yeah, you're probably disappointed or a little pissed off if mm -hmm. things don't go well, but how is that going to help for the leader <laughs> to be, you know, uh, uh, funny story. Uh, and uh, this is um, uh, tying in parenting to coaching and just, you know, my, my personality and some things. And, and I have a, a daughter, she's 23 years old now, but when she was a little girl, she came into the gym at Ohio state and we had a above ground pit that was about, I don't know, four or five feet above the ground. So she was walking around on that platform and had dropped her doll and she reached for the doll and she flipped over. Luckily an eight incher was in the corner. She landed right on the back on an eight incher. But had I panicked and was, oh, 
she would have cried. She would have, but I'm like, oh, great. You did your first flip. Awesome. And I'm clapping and she's like looking confused, but okay, maybe I, I'm okay. And I did all right. And then, you know, it just, this went on. Well, the same thing in coaching, you know, you, you, you know, yeah, internally, you know, people don't see it and know what you're feeling, what you're thinking, but you know, all right, you know, you have to get this team, this athlete through this to, to the other side and panicking isn't going to do it, you know? So, you know, that's how I've always, always been and, and just getting those athletes and trying to give them everything they need to do the best on the next event. And you, <laughs> there's no greater example of that than Paul Hom's all around win, right? It's not no. over <laughs> <laughs> so uh, had you not, you know, you got to have that mentality of, okay, what's next? What's next? You know, certainly, you know, knowing, you know, all right, we're, we're cruising right along floor horse rings. We get the ball and he falls down and, you know, we're sitting in those seats and the cameras are all on us and we're just kind of talking under our breaths right there. And uh, all right, well, now we know what we have to do. We've got to go. We got to, and, and now you're first up on parallel bars you know, and you have to absolutely rock this routine. And he did, of course, he got right. his highest score of the Olympics at that time. And then, you know, you go to high bar and, and you got to do the same thing if you want to get a medal. Uh, I, I do remember a, a short conversation that, hey, we, we, you know, we came all the way here to, to win this thing. We can't go home without a medal. You've got to really get it done on these last two events. And uh, going into high bar, and even after he had hit high bar, he believed, you know, he had gotten at least the bronze and gotten the bronze and if you saw if you see that clip uh, of he and I at the end of it and um, and he's saying no no I said you're the Olympic champion and he says no no he thought he just won the bronze and he was ecstatic about that but he won the Olympics after something like that yeah. um, and to um, this is how impossible something like that you know I tell my wife that he won and obviously we're in where were we? I don't know where we were. We're, we're uh, in Athens. And, yep. and so it, it airs in the States way much later. And so I call home and I say, hey, Paul won. And so my wife watches the telecast and he <laughs> falls down. And yep. she says, oh, he told me when he didn't win. And she went to bed. Believing he didn't win. You know, that's how wow. impossible yes. that win was. Even someone who knew the outcome, because I told them, couldn't believe it because Oh, he's in 12th place. No way. And then he won. That's how incredible that young man was. Yeah, that was that was quite something. And yes, I remember watching it too and going, oh, well, that's too bad. <laughs> maybe next yeah, squad, yeah. maybe next year Worlds or something, but not today. And yeah, he proved us all wrong. I love that story. And that's actually going to be a clip we're going to use in a minute. So that was great timing. I did want to read something that Raj wrote though so you don't have to guess pressure's off but i did want to read this to you miles is a fantastic coach he knew exactly what to say to get us motivated and had the right words at the most crucial times at the big meets he knew how to get the competitor out of me he has this great way of tapping into the competitive drive that we athletes have and that's a rare quality in a coach we athletes feed off of it thanks miles we had a fun ride wow Awesome. Yeah. Heart. Yeah. Tear up. That, that's, that's good. That's special. That was kind of the goal. All yeah. right, Miles, we're going to go into a short segment now where I'm going to show you a video clip. I'm actually going to turn the volume of the clip down and just ask you to talk over it. Now, this first one is Paul on high bar at the Olympics. And I know you just kind of went through that. So 
when watching it, what I've seen a lot of times is when people watch it, it it kind of brings back more of the anecdotes than if you were actually just telling the story from memory. This episode is brought to you by Creatively Disruptive, the marketing team behind your team. They can help you strategize and execute marketing campaigns to help your business thrive. Check them out at creativelydisruptive.com. You can also join the Gymnastics Marketing Facebook group. It's an absolutely free resource. And when I say resource, that is an understatement. There are countless resources within the group of helping business owners to support what they're doing, support what they've gone through and help them improve. So check out that Facebook group. This episode is also brought to you by Cornerstone Traveling Conventions. Bring the coach's education to you. Gym owners, you're going to love this. You can erase the costs of all travel expenses that you would normally incur sending your coaches to coaches education events. Instead, the convention comes to you and your coaches will be educated on everything from preschool to team and everything in between, as well as business tracks. If you're interested in bringing a cornerstone convention to you, you can send an email to cornerstone conventions, Jim, G Y M at Gmail. Again, that's cornerstone conventions, Jim at gmail.com. Let them know you're interested and get your staff moving towards motivation and education. All right. Can you see the screen? Here you go. I see it. You know, I'm watching floor because young way he's on floor and, uh, I see him slip a little bit and uh, wow. Okay. I'm trying to do the calculations. Uh, he needs about a nine, eight. Um, okay. Wait a second. Uh, I'm sorry. Are you nervous there, Miles? Is that what that I, I'm not. And people ask me about that when they see this clip. <laughs> I, I told my daughters, when you see me doing that on television, I'm thinking about you. I love you. So I'm thinking about home. I'm thinking about family. Um, and I said, that's what that is. I'm thinking about you. I love you. And that's what that tap of my chest is. Oh, so it's that's a beautiful. little cute to my daughters and my, and my family. That's great. So we had already talked about, you know, the technical side of doing this and so nervous. Oh, just get through these releases. No problem. Only doing, oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my heart. <laughs> And knowing we have a dismount and he's one of the best stickers in the world. Wow. Not concerned about that. If you saw me in the background jumping up and I think we've done it already. I think we've already done it. And then we jump off the podium. And if you, if you saw our trainer right there, that picture was in the New York times. They said, Oh, Paul Hans, us, his coach. And uh, no, that was, uh, that was our trainer, Don Racky. That wasn't uh, his coach, but okay. You know, just give me credit. That was one of the things I was going to ask you about. I uh, talked to your wife, Monica. I um, used to get a little, trying to get dirt, Miles. There's just no dirt. But she did uh, She did mention that that little mix up there. And um, gosh, I know it's not about ego, but that's got to be very frustrating. Well, just, you know, come on, do you, at least your research and just yeah. ask, hey, who, who is in this picture? Don't uh, uh, assume but, um, and then right there, I'm telling him, he's saying, no, no. And I said, yeah, you're the Olympic champion. And he just couldn't believe it. So, you know, sometimes you, you can't even believe it yourself, what you can accomplish. But that young man certainly, certainly did that. And man, it had to feel good to get out of your calm demeanor for a little bit and celebrate there. Yeah, yeah. People say, oh, I never see you smile. I never see you. And, and uh, until they see this clip, I said, well, if you win the Olympics and I'm, I will smile, absolutely. And uh, I, I know he's so drained. Uh, what talk about emotions 
the roller coaster of that competition and from from vault to parallel bars to then you have to wait your last up in the competition just uh wow being able to to handle all of that just what what a tremendous young man uh paul is oh just being able to look somebody in the eye and say what you said you are the olympic champion that had to feel incredible oh no oh, so good so good because i you know he, he should have been he was certainly good enough to do it but to, to have the athlete actually do it and have some adversity in, in doing it, you know, uh, you know, so much leading into this Olympics, you know, we were upgrading different routines. Let's do this, let's do that. And we were even going to upgrade vault, but right. uh, uh, let's leave vault alone. You know, we got enough on our plate. That's not just, it's just simple, you know, vault. we'll just do, well, we're not going to upgrade vault. And then that's, the, we should have upgraded. We made wow. it, it kept kept the attention and the focus a little more if you had something more to think about so oh, that might have been a little let down but obviously the outcome was still the outcome so yeah it was all yeah. good <laughs> well thank you that was a fun one I'm gonna do another one now as i as i show you this uh remember your wife suggested it there you are so which attempt was this at american ninja warrior this was my first uh, season on American Ninja Warrior. I was a 56-year-old rookie um, on the show. Never did any kind of Ninja Warrior obstacle training at all. Never had attempted to run up a warp wall until right there. So millions of people got to see me fail. And and I think even the the commentators, uh, Matt Nakba said, ooh, that was, that was nasty because <laughs> it was so bad. But I figured I could do it. But, <clears throat> you know, those shoes that I had on, they were my mm -hmm. favorite shoes, my uh -huh. favorite running shoes, and they were just worn to the nubs. And, and Monica had told me, oh, you should get some new shoes. I don't need any shoes. These are broken in. They're my favorite shoes, but they had no traction, and they didn't help me at all to get up the wall. You know, who would have who thought that <clears throat> the one time I should have listened to my wife, I didn't. <laughs> so can um, you see why she suggested that? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she still, to this day, will never let me live that down. You would have made it up that wall if you listened to me and, and bought some new shoes. But, uh, but I can get up the wall now and I have the right shoes. And, uh, and so, so fortunate even still now. Uh, that was, I think, six years ago. Um, and uh, this is um, 2021. And I, um, they invited me back on the show this year. So I'm on the show this year as well. So make sure you watch and you, and you um, watch that the American Ninja Warrior this season and look for me this season and see what an old uh, man can do. Did you get some new shoes for this one? I got some new shoes. Okay. I got new shoes right after that. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got it right after well, that. that. That in itself is just, just incredible that you it doesn't even anybody that can do that is incredible and then on top of it yeah you're probably an age that you wouldn't expect that somebody could compete on a show like that and it's just really a, it's an honor to be able to meet somebody and talk to somebody that is that freaking talented in so many ways you you just seem like you got so much so much more to do so much more well, in you. And, and i certainly know that you know even doing ninja war and i know how the, the kids absolutely love it and and it certainly you, you can work out with the kids and then you can play with the grandkids and you could do things that other people my age don't seem to be able to do. And, and sport has certainly um, led me to having a, such a blessed life. In Ninja, um, the course is your competitor. 
And so you hear other athletes cheering on other athletes who are their competitors, so to speak. Yeah. It's such a strange dynamic when you're cheering for someone that's going to beat you or could beat you. And, but it is, and that is that, that ninja community that it teaches kids in sports, that sportsmanship, just cheer for everyone. You have parents, you know, cheering for other, other parents, ch children. And, and it's really, really a cool thing to, to see in sport, uh, that ninja thing. So I'm glad I gravitated to it and, uh, and I'm having fun with it. Yeah, it's, it's great. And I think it does, it has another benefit, I, I believe. And I'm always, I'm sure you're of the similar mindset. I'm always trying to find ways to think about men's gymnastics and how, what, what can we do? What needs to happen? And I think even for somebody like you, who's so high profile in the sport to cross over and do something that is mainstream, I think is, is a great showcase of, of what men can do because of gymnastics. And I don't know how we can advertise that. I don't know how we can get people to, to really get it. But I think, you know, things like that, you and, and there's been other men, uh, former athletes or current athletes that have been on the show as well. And that's, that's the message right there. Like, look, look what I can do because of gymnastics. Well, Jonathan is still doing great. Um, uh, he, his episode just aired a couple of weeks ago. Danell last, last year, he, he made finals, the national finals. He did great. He had like the save of this whole season of Ninja Warrior. He was so amazing. So doing sport and doing specifically gymnastics certainly lends itself to, to any sport. You know, I do believe USA Gymnastics got it right in their tagline, start here, go anywhere. Certainly athletically, academically, you certainly can. And that yeah. they certainly got right. And I, and I appreciate that. If you do this sport, if you can do this sport, gymnastics, you can do anything. And I, and I applaud my, my athletes that go on and they do soccer and volleyball and football and anything else they want to do. And, and guess what? There's some of the best athletes on those fields and on those courts because they did gymnastics. I, I think it is such a precursor to anything that you, you want to do. So when I'm talking to parents about, oh, what's a great sport to put my child in? Put them in gymnastics. I, I do think that, and, and you don't have to be an Olympian or a college athlete. You don't even have to do it forever and love it. Just, just do it. And it'll help with anything. Absolutely. 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 Yep. I, yep. Everything I, else is easier. Everything That's else why. is easier. That's why. <laughs> everything else is easier. I do agree. It absolutely is. And I did a lot of sports. Uh, sure and, and one of the reasons that I did fall in love with gymnastics is it, how hard it was and no one else was doing it. So I felt unique and that was okay for me. Yeah. I could do something no one else could do. And that is what intrigued me. And it was like six little different sports, you know, a pommel horse isn't quite like rings or a high bar or parallel bars. Right. And it's so it's such a, a different thing on every apparatus. And so um, it, how hard it was, that is what I really fell in love with. Yep. Well, I'm glad you walked into the gym that day. Me too. <laughs> a huge impact on the sport. And I want to just thank you again for your time. I know you're, you're coaching over at IGC. IGC. Right <laughs> yeah. 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 Shirt. So I uh, thank you for, for taking some time out of your day to do this. And you're, uh, you are just such an inspiration and I, I can't, I get it now. I get why I couldn't find any dirt. You're just <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate I appreciate everyone just um, telling it the other side. <laughs> That's good. And Thank is there you. anything you want to share before we go? Um, any anything that um, you're well, up to? 
Um, well, at East Stroudsburg University, they have an acrobatics and tumbling team, and, and Miles Avery has is, is, is started that program, and we're, we're growing, and that sport certainly uh, is creating so many more opportunities for, for athletes and families to, to do college athletics, which I think is, a, is the way to go to college, and I certainly, when I talk to parents, let them know, I, I think it is nothing, your child won't enjoy college as much as being on a college team and a yeah. varsity varsity team at that and acrobatics and tell me it is it is certainly the fastest growing sport in the NCAA I'm sure you can find a program near you but uh, I'm right here in Stroudsburg at International Gymnastics Camp and East Stroudsburg University and just loving life nice nice all right well I I hope to see you again soon I hope you have a great time uh, the rest of your trip there at IGC and keep in touch and uh, thank you again thanks Nicole thank you very much it's been great it's been fun this episode makes me think of true mastery Miles is an absolute master as a coach now great coaches have a strong concept of peaking meaning they develop training plans looking at the big picture and the small picture, making sure athletes have ample rest time and knowing when to amp up so that they peak at the right time. Now this usually is looked at as an annual plan then broken down to the month, then even the week and even per practice. But what Miles was talking about today was by the minute. I was so interested to hear him talking about his approach to coaching at competitions and that he was actually pacing his athletes so that they didn't spend their energy getting too excited or too stressed out so that they could maintain what they needed for the rest of the competition. And man, you can't get to that point unless you have truly mastered the art of coaching. So I hope everyone enjoyed this. I also want to let you guys know that I will be at the Gymnastics Association of Texas, affectionately known as GAT, convention on Labor Day weekend, doing presentations over the course of Saturday and Sunday, and we'll also have a booth at the exhibit hall. I will be joined by my director of choreography, Shira Lewis, and Olympian, Wendy Bruce. So please come by and say hi if you're going to be at GAT. And remember, you can follow me on social media at Nicole Langevin Consultant. You can also follow this show on Twitter at YouThinkPod. And I would love to hear your feedback as well as any guest requests. If you want to follow the events that I'm involved with, you can go to precisionchoreo.com backslash registration. Thank you for listening. And please, when you have a moment, subscribe, rate, and review to this show. It will allow me to keep going and bringing you interesting and insightful content. At least I hope that's what I'm doing. Till next time, keep thinking outside the box.